Act three, buddy. Act three. Act three. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to casually mosey on down to the third and final act of the Pope on Film podcast. And for the uninitiated amongst you out there, the third and final act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low fat, low sodium, and now 24 times the calories for that sexy summer belly movie of the week and this week on the podcast we will be discussing a film that so desperately wants to be meatball stripes and police academy and fails but it's still cute the 1985 comedy moving violations yes moving violations now, now let's start this off the right way uh uh, listen, gang, it's summer of 2020, and we're celebrating, throughout the entire summer, we are celebrating the life and career of character actor Fred Willard with the Summer of Fred Willard, nothing but Fred Willard movies. So far, we've done A Mighty Wind, and Harold and Kumar uh, goes to White Castle. Uh, and it's a bunch of fun so far. And we're starting off every episode of the SOFW, as I like to call it, with the Fred Willometer to see just how yes. much Fred Willard is in this film. And the best part of this film is how much of an ensemble cast this is, because Lord knows Bill Murray's younger brother can't hold this film on his own. So this film is just packed. Yes, it is. Uh, cast wise. There's a, there are a bunch of people in this film, and, and, and a lot of them are paired up together. And was that Stacy Keach's brother? Yeah, I it, it, last week I was like, yeah, James Keach is in this film, but like, no, it's it's it, it, it Stacy Keach is in this film, but no, it's Stacy Keach's brother. It's weird that two brothers, yeah, are in this film. Yeah, but you could see a resemblance. Yeah, and then. Uh, the director, the writer director who made this film. Uh, no, or is it James Keach? No, it's James Keach. Yeah, James Keach, the brother of Stacy Keach. Uh, he spent a good portion of his career directing episodes of the TV show Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman because he was married to uh, what's her name? Dr. Jane Quinn. Seymour? He was to Dr. Yeah, yeah. But before he was married to Jane Seymour, he was married to singer Judy Collins, his younger sister, like Annabelle Collins or some shit like that. So this is very much like a sibling film. Yes. Is the way I see it, you know? Yes. And it and and after that description. It sounds like he is he is really cast against type except for his look. You yeah. know? He yeah. he looks yeah. like a badass asshole cop. But with that kind of history on the actual actor, he probably wore a headband more than once. Is what yeah, I'm saying. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
So a lot of the the cast is sort of uh, paired up with one another. So the black guy in class is with the horror movie fan. And then the puppeteer is spent all of his scenes with the the punk rock chick who's also like 15. And then uh, Fred Willard is teamed up with uh, the 1980s most underrated actress, Wendy Jo Sperber, <laughs> aka Bosom Buddies and yes. Marty McFly's sister. She was everywhere in the 80s, and I fucking yes, loved was. her. Loved any time in the 80s, and then a bit of the 90s when she would pop up. You're like, oh my god. Marty McFly's sister, the only person who knew that uh, uh, Tom Hanks and Peter Scaleri were in drag the whole time. Yeah. Like, she was just a treat to always, she was a treat to always see in a movie. So she's a hypochondriac. I love the line that she says that's like, people call me a hypochondriac, but how can I be a hypochondriac when I'm sick all the time? Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that line so much. So she gets teamed up with our boy Fred Willard in traffic school. His 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 he he goes. His name is Terrence Williams, but everyone calls him Doc. He pops up twenty minutes into the film. He's in the traffic school. He's a mechanic that uh, Wendy Joe Sperber mistakes for an actual doctor. And he looks good. He's got the suit and the tie and a pipe. And he, he's playing it pretty straight. Yeah. I really like the uh, uh, Fred Willard and Wendy Jo Sperber's first back and forth outside of the school. I, 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 it's so good because he's talking about her car. She thinks that he's talking about her. Like, yeah. uh, what about your rear end? Are you having any rear end problems? What about <laughs> gas? You know yes. what you need to do? Just oil it up back there, and and uh, oh yeah, yeah. I've 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 helped a lot of people with uh, uh, rear end issues. I reamed out Roger Moore the other day. Yes, <laughs> nice Roger Moore is gay reference, but uh, it, it, he 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 does a great job. You know. He doesn't have the biggest part, but he's definitely in this more than freaking Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yeah, and it's it, it's, it's great... on par with a mighty wind. I I think I would have to say. Yeah, this is really good, Fred Willard. It's peak Fred Willard, and he he's really good at ad libbing, and he's most known for you know ad libbing and Fernwood Tonight and Christopher yeah. Guest movies, but. But he's also really good in a scripted ensemble comedy. He's always a Fred Willard is always a joy to see. So this movie is very high on the Fred Fred Willometer, is what I'm saying. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. I would rate it pretty high. Yes. So Bonnie, what what are your thoughts on this week's movie? I wasn't a big fan. I don't see myself going back to this very often. Uh really? Yeah, I Bill's more. Uh, I'm sorry, but Bill Murray's brother was really annoying me in how much he was not Bill Murray, but trying to be Bill Murray. Man, he, he is trying so hard to be Bill Murray. In this. 
I know, I know, little little head nods and everything, and I just feel like grabbing them, being like, "Be your own fucking person, will you?" Yeah, yeah. I think it's cute. I I wrote here mostly harmless. Mostly harmless. I can give it a mostly harmless. You know, there's. It's just like, nothing. Like I'm gonna rush nothing. to see again. I think it's fun and I think it's funny and I like it and I like the characterization. I, whenever someone says, oh, I'm a big horror movie buff, my brain automatically goes to the guy in this film. <laughs> I'm a big fan of horror movies and I'm like, okay, I have an image in my mind of what you say when you say that and it's that fucking guy. I love that line that he says, and it's like, uh, "Hey, man, I, I, hey, Bunny, Bunny, yeah, I know what to do. Let's go down to the video store and rent Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It'll relax you." <laughs> like that's every '80s horror movie fan. Yeah, you didn't see, you didn't see Friday the Thirteenth Number Five. That's the best one. Does does Stacy Keach's younger brother have a lazy eye, or is that just me? I I didn't notice, but I I don't know. I I had a hard time looking at him and the uniform and all that shit, so I kind of had to look away during those parts. Well, uh, as... as the evil 80s authority figure, he gets a lot of close-ups. Yeah. You know, of his angry eye reactions and just, I don't know. It seemed like one eye was open a little bit more than another one. Maybe. But yeah, this this film is Bill Murray's younger brother fighting against Stacy Keach's younger brother. Maybe that's why I like the film so much, because my older brother's such a goddamn asshole. <laughs> so this so this is a younger sibling film. Yes. So my mom was one of those parents that loved movies and going to the movies. And if she wanted to go see a new movie, she would just pack her two kids with her in the car. And it didn't matter what the film was. I saw Poltergeist in theaters at age five. Yeah. And I saw moving violations in theaters at age eight. Okay. And I think one of the reasons why I love this film so much is just because, God damn it, when I was eight years old, I just fell in love with Shetland Bill Murray. <laughs> you know? he, was just, he was just like the coolest motherfucker. He 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 he's the archetype of of a uh, you know a star of an eighties comedy. If they didn't get Bill Murray, they could have just plugged in fucking uh, John Cusack or some shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For this time period. And and John Murray. I always get a kick every Christmas of seeing John Murray play Bill Murray's brother in Scrooge. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh that's fucking, that's fucking uh, the guy from Moving Violations. That's Bill Murray's actual brother playing Bill Murray's character's brother. Like I like that. It, it, Scrooged, by the way, I have decided is my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. 
that includes Muppets and Mickey Mouse. Wow. My favorite version is Bill Murray. I just, I, I'm just a big, big fan of of uh, Bunny. Mexico <laughs> was a nightmare. Yes, there was a car accident. He was killed. <laughs> so, so, so here's a here's a strange uh, story about this film. So, I was reading some interview with uh, Jennifer Tilly. I it might have been uh, the a the Onion AV Club's. Uh, they have a reoccurring segment called Random Roles where they'll interview a famous actor uh, or actress about their their movie roles, but the actors don't know what movies they'll be talking about. Okay. So it's like, oh, so you have a new movie coming up. Yeah, tell us about that. Oh, what's it like working with this director? Oh, wow, that's amazing. So your first film was a 1964 film called... Uh, Boobs on Parade. What can you tell us about that? So it's always really fun to see these like stars being pressed for like the earliest shit they did. Yeah. So it seems here your first time behind a camera was a commercial for Zit Green. <laughs> so there is so so it's an interview with Jennifer Tilly, and she talks about the first time she met Quentin Tarantino. Okay. It's at a party. And there's a bunch of famous people there, and she sees Quentin Tarantino, like, holy shit, there's Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I should go talk to him, but no, he's a busy guy. He's a famous director. I'm going to leave him alone. So later during the party, she feels a tap on her shoulder, and she turns around, and it's Quentin Tarantino, and she can tell that he's super excited to meet her. And he's like, because... Because even though Quentin Tarantino is like this big wig Hollywood hotshot a hole, sometimes he's still just a video store employee. Yeah. Uh huh. So he's like, "Oh my god, Jennifer Tilly, it's so amazing to meet you." Uh, I always had a question: uh, How did you do the zero gravity chamber and moving violations? Did you actually get to visit NASA? Was that wire work? How did how did you do that? <laughs> and immediately, Jennifer Tilly's like. What are you making fun of me? Fuck you, Quentin Tarantino. What you think you're such a big shot actor? You can just make fun of me and my Oh my god, you're actually asking me this. <laughs> I, I thought you were shitting on me and the bad movies I've been in. No, you actually want to know. Oh my god, he's being serious. <laughs> this big shot Hollywood actor is asking me about of all things moving fucking violations (laughs) i also like the fact that like quentin tarantino is a huge like super rich success but like i could probably go up to him and be like dude let's talk moving violations (laughs) he'll be like yeah clara peller and you know yeah so like like, oh yeah, I he's always, always he's story. always been a huge movie geek. Yeah, yeah. So even though he's like a super bigwig, uh, fucking Bruce Will, uh, uh, fucking uh, Brad Pitt's best friend, you could still probably sit down and talk with him about fucking uh, the Holy Mountain. Yes. Know? Oh God. Yeah. 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 Like, but you could probably talk to him about blood sucking freaks too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So uh, here's some stats. This is a 1985 film. Don Cheadle was 20 years old when he debuted in this film as the fast food delivery driving guy. Hey. So, so the film was written and directed by a guy named Neil Israel. He had better be Jewish. I didn't see that he was Jewish, but his name is Neil Israel. Yeah. So I'm just saying. He was originally a screenwriter who got his start writing and directing the indie gonzo comedy Tunnel Vision in 1976. That starred Chevy Chase, Howard Hessman, uh, Franken and Davis, John Candy, and a bunch of other people. The thing's free on YouTube if you want to see it. It's basically the Groove Tube and Amazon Women on the Moon, Kentucky Fried Movie, but with a lot of really cool... Uh, like early SNL type people. Yeah. Um, and it was a real big success for being made with nothing. So he, he going into the eighties, he had a hand in writing and sometimes directing a number of primo eighties comedies, including real genius. Oh, I like starring real Val genius. Kilmer and a young boy who looks a lot like a cute girl. Yeah. He was basically 1980s sexuality questioner. <laughs> Neil Israel also helped create Tom Hanks's Bachelor Party, uh, Johnny Dangerously, Look Who's Talking 1 and 2, and 3 O'Clock High, which I know has a huge-ass cult following and that I've never seen. Yes. They call it like the anti-John Hughes film. Whatever that means. So here's the kicker. One year before moving violations, Neil Israel and his partner wrote Police Academy. That oh, was yeah? a huge ass. That, yeah, that was a huge ass hit, which spawned at the present moment 3,471 sequels. I personally enjoy the film Police Academy 397, Bobcat Goldquaid in Space, Part 6. Yes. I feel that that one was the best. Some people like Assignment Miami Beach. They're free <laughs> to think that, but they're wrong. So basically, Moving Violations was Neil Israel's attempt to make lightning strike twice. Okay. And in many ways... Moving Violations could be seen as the first Police Academy sequel. Because it's kind of, sort of... Mm, yeah, it, with the ensemble cast, and yeah. Yeah, the oh, ensemble misfits. cast, the comedy, the cops. You can definitely see that it's like in the same world. And let me tell you something. Um, I'd much rather had watched seven moving violation sequels than Police Academy sequels. Okay. I'm just saying. And at the time, this film was a big-ass deal that got a shit ton of press because it was written, filmed, and released in theaters in six months. Really? Yeah. And that was a big deal at the time. It was the first time ever that there was that quick of a turnaround for like a major studio motion picture. But yeah, fucking Neil Israel wrote this, filmed it, put it in theaters in just six goddamn months. And that's fucking impressive. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I want to talk about the cast because the cast is really great. Wink, the horror movie fan, which we've talked about at length here, 
is now a well-respected actor who plays defense attorney Roger Kressler, a reoccurring character in the Law and Order franchise. Really? Yeah. Like I like I looked up this actor and I'm like, I wonder what the horror movie guy has done. And then it's like, oh shit, he has a Wikipedia page. And it's like, oh yes, he is most well known as defense attorney Roger Kressler in the Law and Order series. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. That guy who taught me the bloody finger in a box trick <laughs> is now a fucking celebrated character actor. Fucking good for you, dude. Yeah. Damn, that's a surprising turnaround. So we already mentioned Sandy Kellerman. She was the judge in Moving Violations, and she was a, a very much a boner creator for many a young boy in the 70s and 80s. Personally, when I think Sandy Kellerman, back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah? Yeah. How, I don't how, about, how about the original Hot Lips Houlihan? Yeah, I was going to say, like, most people would go match, but my yeah. brain is just like, nope, fucking Rodney goddamn Dangerfield doing, like, doing a dive off of three different <laughs> diving boards. Yeah. She uh, she apparently hosted SNL in 1981, and she got some press because she, she was only in, like, four skits. Yeah. You know, she was one of those celebrities that was just like, congratulations, you just did an episode of SNL where the host was hardly in it. <laughs> congratulations. So the two older women in the movie, one is obviously Clara Peller from Where's the Beef fame. Yes, and... I was very happy to have seen her. Where's the beef? I, yeah. I, it brought back and... such a flood of memories. And I feel that modern generations is, is it's totally lost on them, but it's a big deal when you see her and she goes, "Where's my bags?" That that's 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 a callback. Yeah. Uh huh. What that is. So the other woman, the other woman was an actress named, oh, uh, where is it here? Nedra Nedra Voss. Okay. Despite the fact that she looks 90 years old in this film, uh, she actually died at the age of 94 in 2003. Really? Yeah, this woman lived to see the 2000, for shit's sake. She looks on, she looks on death's frickin' door. Uh-huh. In this movie. Apparently she did all of her own stunts in this. And they say that despite the fact that there was a sex scene and some light bondage here, that the movie was PG-13 and not PG solely because of her wonderful uh, line read of, Yeah, fuck him! <laughs> Rip his nuts off! <laughs> so, and then of course, uh, uh, actress Wendy Jo Sperber hypochondriac was all over the 80s back to the future bosom buddies private benjamin used cars bachelor party and basically every sitcom that was created throughout the entire 80s yes. she had a very successful career she apparently she died in 2005 but right before she did she created a very successful cancer support center really so 
And there's an entire documentary about her own personal deal with breast cancer. So, like, good, good for. I, I'm sad to see that she died. You know, yeah. She she was. And finally, I'm gonna. I I want to make this a new reoccurring bit for the summer. I'm gonna try and remember to end each discussion oh. of the film in the summer of Fred. With a Fred Willard fun fact. Okay, hold hold the fun fact, though, because I, I, I have something I was waiting on for a good time. Oh, yeah? H- have you seen Space what? Force? I haven't seen that yet. I believe it's his last role. I was hey. going to watch it this week, but like I, I've seen that the reviews aren't that great, and also I just don't like Netflix, so I haven't gotten around to watching it. Yeah. Have you seen it? Is it any good? Um, no, it's not good. And then all of a sudden, bang, Fred Willard. Because he was in the first Space Force. And unfortunately, he just really doesn't look very good. He sounds great, you know? Yeah, he still sounds... He sounds like he's got it on the ball. But, you know... He just stood there for one whole shot, and you can see his arm is really, really shaky, and he looks thin. Saw him in uh, what was it? Fucking mascots. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't look that great in that. No, no, he didn't. But he looked yeah, really we... pretty bad here. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, it but is. I'm gonna. Yeah. It... I keep meaning to watch it, but I don't know. This was a weird one. It's not good. It's not good. It could be way fucking better. Well, Fred Willard was arrested at an adult theater in L.A. for, quote, lewd conduct. Yes, he was. But the charges were dropped. And as much as I don't want to uh, glorify anyone's lewd act in an adult theater dude you were you're getting arrested at adult theaters at the age of 72 fucking wow (laughs) wow that is some impressive shit fred willard yes it is i mean i mean damn getting arrested for jacking it like when you're 22 when you're 29 32 motherfuckers getting arrested at 72 damn good for you Fred fuck there is hope for all of us like damn Pee Wee Herman did it and he's like in his 30s yeah 40s fucking Fred Willard has them all beat literally yes he does but Fred Willard didn't beat uh, anyone other than himself so kudos oh. to you, Fred Willard. That's some impressive shit. Yes. And that's all I've got for this week's movie. Next week, we're doing something special. All of Fred Willard's movies are special, but this one is super special. I uploaded it to the Cough Cough, and I'm super excited for this. Okay. We are going to be we are going to be for next week watching the classic science fiction film. Uh, well, not classic, because it's not that great. But we're going to be watching the uh, sci-fi movie Missile to the Moon. 
Okay. Fred Willard's not in it, but there are three different versions, uh, uh, riff track versions of Missile to the Moon. There is a riff track with just Mike riffing it. Yeah. Then there is a then there is a, a three riffer riff track with the usual group, you know, of uh, yeah. Mike and Crow and Servo. And then for seemingly no fucking reason whatsoever, there is a riff track of Missile to the Moon being made fun of by Mike and fucking Fred Willard. Nice. Okay. And as, and as far as I can tell, this is the one and only appearance of Fred Willard on a fucking riff track. Really fucking weird. That sounds like a deep cut. That is a deep, deep fucking cut. Yeah, I went real deep. I went real deep with the fucking uh, Fred Willard uh, movies. Eventually, we're going to have to do one of the Air, one of the Airbud films. But fucking Fred Willard riff track. Yes, it's going to be so weird to see this like sci-fi movie, and then just he has such a unique voice. You know? Yes, he does. So it's going to be real weird, but but yeah, that's next week. Riff track, Fred Willard riffing Missile to the Moon. I haven't seen it. I, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Fred Willard does in the world of riff tracks. So that's next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, uh, you know, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the faking of the girlfriend, the reality show singing. I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. I think this has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I, I you know, I, I felt the same way. I, I had a feeling that you were going to say that, but I didn't want to say it first because, you know, the, it's your job to sort of rank them in the damn category but yes i what i i concur with your assessment good <laughs> sir is what i am saying to you so until next week i am bunny williams and i am reverend steven on behalf of natasha and maxwell and bella and eleanor and everybody else i just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week you godless heathens. And you do shuffles and repeaters. And you Okay. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do